Hello, hello. My name is April Malone, and I am with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Jermaine Cheatham with me, and he is a digital nomad and traveling entrepreneur. Jermaine, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and introduce yourself. Tell us where you are, why you are, where you are, and what you're up to. So I'm in Malaysia right now. Um, I didn't ever anticipate being in Malaysia, really. I, I thought I was going to stop here for maybe a week or so. Um, but then COVID happened. So um, it's nice here and there's nowhere really else to go that's really open. And I could go back to the States, but I like it here better. There's a lot of uh, interesting things happening in the States. So I'll kind of wait until after the new year to see what's going on. But yeah, no, I'm an entrepreneur. So I work from a laptop and a cell phone. Um, we specialize in helping you know businesses get financing for the equipment they need to operate. So I can do that from anywhere in the world. And um I'm just here in Malaysia. I love it. I'm on the beach. There's the ocean right here. There's monkeys in the trees and hawks in the air. So it's cool. I have so many questions. Uh, you are our first guest so far who is a digital nomad. Um, so we're going to kind of pick your brain. I know that some people think that when they work from home that they can work from anywhere, but not all companies will allow you to do that. Are you an employee or an employer? Are you an entrepreneur? Are you working for more than one thing right now or more than one gig? Yeah, so I'm an entrepreneur, so it's it's my company. So we, um, you know, travel uh, and work at the same time. So I don't have really any separation between work and play. Um, that's kind of the way I think life should always be. So yeah, I'm not an employee. I mean, I guess I am an employee of my own company. So okay. uh, yes and no, but yeah, I'm I'm not working for somebody else. And are you managing a team or are you doing everything by yourself? So we, so it's me and my partner and she does a lot of the quote unquote managing. Uh, I don't know how, I'm not really a good manager. Uh, I'm, I don't give enough details. I'm too short. I'm too direct. So, um, she handles a lot of the, the more, uh, managing stuff when it comes to other people. Um, I'm heavily more on the sales side where I'm actually interacting, getting deals in and, you know, pushing the ball forward on as far as the sales portion of it. But yeah, we do have people working for us, helping us with, you know, websites and marketing and whatever we need to, to make the business move forward. So you are embracing your strengths and without question, the managing part is not your strength. Yeah. It's important to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. So it's kind of cool because I found out that Jermaine and I are both in, well, based out of Arizona, I am living here permanently at this point. And this is kind of your home base when you're not on the road. Yeah, it is. I was born and raised there. So I've always um, loved Arizona. Um, great people, great hospitality, great golf, great restaurants. You know, it's awesome. But, um, you know, this is just a different season in my life to travel around the world and experience other cultures, other ideas, other people. How long um, were you in Malaysia before you found out that you couldn't leave? Did you make the decision or was the decision made for you? Oh, no, I made the decision. Um when we got here, we were in KL, uh, Kuala Lumpur. We were there for about a month, and that's during the lockdown in March. And we're, our plan was to go to Australia and Bali and then go on this cruise to like Bora Bora and all this stuff, but obviously that got nixed. And, oh. um, and so the decision was, well, it's great here. Like the people are great. Um, there's no issues. COVID was very low here. And it was like, okay, we can go back to the States and all this nonsense is going on. Or we can go to Europe and Europe still has a lot of iffy, iffy stuff going on there because we knew the cases would probably spike in the in the fall, which we see are happening right now. And it's like, do I want to be locked down in Turkey or 
Greece, no, I don't want to be there for six months if I don't have to. But if I'm going to be here, if I'm going to be anywhere, Malaysia is the place because it's very Western. It's just like America. It's just everyone's like friendly times 10. Um, wow. So the, the choice was, you know, we can go back to the States or we can go other places that are open and accepting Americans or we can stay here. It's like, like I, I can't get any, any more than what I want here. I got a beach. I got a couple of beaches right here. I got golf. I got restaurants. I got malls. I got movie theaters. Um, I got everything I want. So did you have um, reservations made for all these other things? Did you have airline tickets and like um, a short-term lease at this place you were staying or were you able to like find something really quickly when you decided to stay? Yeah, we shoot from the hip. So it's like we just use Airbnb and literally uh, we just do month to month. So uh, okay. you know, like right now we, we might leave to go to another part of Malaysia um, in the next week. So I haven't even booked that yet. We're just like shoot from the hip because – Things change so quickly, but yeah, we had flights planned and the crews booked. So that was all kind of in limbo. So we had to get you know, all that refunded, but you know, no big deal. Like life happens. They were pretty good about that at least. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they want to hold on to their money if they can. So you have to Eventually. kind of finagle. Yeah. But they, they break yeah. sooner or later. How long have you been living this lifestyle? Well, the traveling like this, um, the last couple of years, so two or three years, but I've been working I mean, I've kind of worked quasi from home for like five or six years because even though I was in the corporate world, I was still going to the office for maybe three, four hours a day if I'm lucky. The rest of the time I was kind of at home. I was kind of just roaming the city, just doing my thing. So I've always kind of had a very open, free lifestyle as far as uh, work. So when you said you were in the, when you were in the office and you were only doing a few days or a few hours a day. Um, was that your choice? Were you like salaried? Were you working? Uh, is this the business that you have now where you were kind of the founder or the boss? Or was that how you something you had negotiated in a previous uh, situation? No. So at that point, I was an employee of someone else's business. So I basically just had to show my face, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, just act like, oh, yeah, I'm still here. So I just show my face in the morning. I'd get there like nine, nine thirty or 10 and then I would leave and come back at around I don't know. I'd leave like around 11, 1130. I'd come back around 230, show my face for an hour or two and then leave like, you know, four, four thirty. Um, so it's just mo mostly just to show my face because, you know, you, you have to do it. But yeah, I was salaried, mostly commission though. Um, mm -hmm. And then I were just you out like, like hey, closing I'm... deals in the meantime? Yeah. Or? Uh, I mean, a lot of, like when I would be out of the office, I'd be closing deals most of the time. But a lot of times mm -hmm. I'd just be at the gym. I'd go to the Starbucks. I'd go home and chill, do some stuff at the house. Like I was just doing whatever the hell I wanted. <laughs> Sounds like you had a quite the life there. So uh, tell us, what's your what's your story? Where did you start? And um, as far as your, your employment or your business or your entrepreneurship, uh, yeah. where did you start and where are you at now in that? Yeah, so I just got tired of working for somebody else. So I just decided, hey, I can do this on my own and I have better methods and techniques to do it. So I just quit and started this my own business. And, you know, for me, sales has always been something that um, – it's kind of eluded me. I never thought of myself as like a salesperson because it's just a conversation. Um, I'm not selling anything. I'm just talking to you about what services and what I'm an expert at. And if it works for you, great. If not, so be it. And so, um, but I was always growing up kind of scared to put myself out there. And I always figured, what's the best way to see if this is true? Like, is my fear real or is it fake? And so the only mm -hmm. way for me to really do that is to go into like a sales role where you're rejected 95% of the time. And so you 
learn to have tough skin and realize, you know, something, these people aren't rejecting me. They're just rejecting what I'm offering, the concept. It's not nothing, something personal about me. And so you learn that through, you know, repetition. And um, without me going down that dark tunnel of trying to face my fears, I wouldn't be able to have the lifestyle I have because I'd still be in a cubicle somewhere. Man, this theme of facing your fears is prominent lately. I actually, the person I interviewed before you, that was the theme of his podcast is um, fear. <laughs> so I had a conversation similar to this just um, a couple of days ago. But it's it's interesting that, that some people can name that and other people is, is difficult for them to say, I actually, you know, am facing my fears. Usually they just say, oh, I'm really good at procrastinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's true because I, I, I always have this little thing I call follow your fear <clears throat> because if you do follow your fear, the light's on the other side of it because everything you want in life is on the other side of fear and the fear is just, it's a fake thing. It's just an, something in your mind. It's not a real thing. Everything in life is neutral. All events. Our conversation's neutral. If I get a deal, if I lose a deal, if I get the girl, if I lose the girl, if I get the money, if I lose the money, it's all neutral. It's just my meaning I put behind it. It's just, it's just fear. And so when you can compartmentalize fear, it's just a concept. Then you can say, oh, there you are, fear. Okay, move aside. I'm going to move forward. But otherwise, it just, it just ruminates in your mind. If you don't put it in that context, then it's just like controlling you because you're not facing it. Like you're not following it. You're not leaning into it. You're avoiding it. You're running away from it. And then it controls you. It's like anything else. I think I have a fear of people thinking that I'm like, too salesy. You know, I, I want to be regarded as someone who's genuine and who cares and who is giving and generous and, um, you know, here to help. And I, I think, you know, that's one thing that holds me back is I sometimes have worried that people are going to think I'm like a slimy salesperson um, when I'm trying to say, hey, but I also have this product that or this, you know, service or this whatever it is that might be uh, of use to you. How do you separate yourself from the um, those sales tactics that, you know, have that bad reputation or that have the stigma? Yeah, it's difficult because everyone has their own advice for you, like what works and what doesn't work. Like, well, use this script or use this type of landing page or do this or do that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable enough with yourself to say, you know, that doesn't fit my personality. You know, I have to be myself. I have to shine my own light and how I want the world to view me because it's it's my voice. It's my music. And so you have to really come at it from a place of authenticity. Like, I'm just going to talk to you the way I normally talk to anybody. And okay. if you understand it, great. If you don't, so be it. But I'm not selling you. I'm basically just giving you an opportunity to advance your life. Because if you don't believe in what you're selling, then you're going to need a gimmick. You're going to need a shtick. You're going to need a script. But if you believe in what you're selling, people are going to feel that energy from you. And they're just going to mm -hmm. buy it naturally because they know you're offering something you believe in that you think it'll help their life. That's how I approach sales in general. Because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you don't want to work with me, then that's your loss because I have some cool stuff for you to take advantage of. But if you don't see it, then that's on you. I'll move on. So tell us again, what is it that you are selling? <laughs> so I guess it'd be money. We basically do financing for small businesses. So if there's a doctor that needs a new ultrasound machine, but he doesn't have the 50 grand or doesn't want to spend the $50,000 to buy it, we would come in and say, hey, we can do this, finance it for you. And you just pay you know, small monthly payments to make it more feasible. So that's basically what we do. Ah, so are you often in that medical section or is it for anything, any small business? We can do... 
we can do it for any small business. So you know, a lot of the banks kind of forget the small businesses. So that's kind of where we step in and, and help them out. But it's really anything in, in the United States, any type of small business. My niche is just the medical uh, realm. So we do a lot of medical, dental and vet, but we can really okay. do anything. So I am not very well versed in this business finance world. Uh, does that mean that you have to also like help secure investors for these small businesses? Are you helping do that matchmaking? <laughs> Exactly. That's basically our primary role is we match the people that need the money with the banks that want to loan it out. The only difference is we're the ones that find the deals for the banks because, like I said, they're too lazy to even in, oh. to look for small businesses. They want to do a $50 million deal, not a $50,000 deal. So we mm. find the deals for them and we get a commission for it. Let's talk a little bit about... Um how you've set up your home office as you are traveling around. Um, how many places have you been? And do you generally work from your Airbnb or do you generally go find the coffee shops or hang out on the beach? Um, I would have to say almost all the time work for the Airbnb just because it's quiet. Um, and we pick Airbnb, Airbnbs that are very nice, roomy, um, great Wi-Fi, where you're comfortable there. You have, we always have nice views of the ocean or the mountains or the city or whatever. So um, all, typically always from the Airbnbs, we do go to quite a bit of coffee shops and sometimes we'll work from there from time to time, but um, you just kind of have to be, have to be fluid. Cause like right now there's construction downstairs, like two levels down. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's like, it's too noisy. So then I'm like, well, we got to go somewhere else to work today. Cause it's just too loud. So then we'll go mm -hmm. to a coffee shop, but in general, we stay at the Airbnb. Um, what was your first question? I, I had lost it. Uh, like how many places have you traveled to? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, all throughout Europe, all throughout Central America, all throughout the United States, uh, quite a bit of Asia, um, uh, Thailand. I mean, Bali. Uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe I don't know, 20, 30 places. I don't know. All th like, where, have you, where have you not been yet? <laughs> uh, so I haven't been to Russia. I haven't been to uh, like South America, like Brazil. Um, I haven't been to Australia. Um, I guess that's it. New Zealand, not yet. Not 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 New Zealand, no. I have been to Europe three times, but the countries that I went to aren't very well known. I've been to Albania two times, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, Kosovo, and then What'd layovers. What did you think about those areas? It was interesting. You know, you learn to love the people and. Um, I never have been really good at picking up languages. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, mostly just communicate in English. And I think a lot of times when people who maybe live in an area that's not very English based, uh, they are really excited to have conversation. And so the first guy I ever met uh, in Albania, he's like, I speak seven languages. Let's talk in English. And so um, I guess it's great for them to get to practice, but I've never been really good at picking up languages. Um, but, you know, the hospitality that you see sometimes, because we were working with like, well, we weren't just there as tourists. We were like working with like, say, a local church or something and, and uh, sometimes schools. And, uh, you know, people were just welcome us into their home and like put out a spread and we ate a lot. So, <laughs> nice. um, my experience is different than maybe like backpacking through Europe kind of experience. I haven't really ever done that yet. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't either. We, I, I, I like to stay at nice places. So I'm not really, a, I mean, I have only two back, I have two backpacks, 
but I'm like, yeah. kind of like, we're like kind of like fancy nomads where we like to have nice <laughs> stuff and nice places, but we do live out of backpacks. So I don't know. Okay. <laughs> fancy backpacks. Yes. No, you keep saying we, uh, who are you traveling with? So me and my partner. So she, she's part of the business. She's, uh, a lot of the, um, the fun of the operations when it comes yeah. to like, you know, where to go and different things to explore. So it's always, I think it's really important. Like if you are traveling, um, digitally, like for a business or working remotely that you have people around you that, um, enhance your life and they, they bring a different aspect of, um, that you don't see in your personality. They bring it to light. Either they're, they're the mere opposite or they're kind of shining your goodness back on them. So it's important to always surround yourself with, with good people. So um, with me and her, it's just a very symbiotic relationship. So let's talk about um, as you're staying in these Airbnbs, how do you... Okay, I've had to do this before. I did that. Um, I went to Minnesota. My brother was getting married and we rented a house. It wasn't a nice Air Airbnb. It was an older home. Um, the guy told us that, uh, oh, you won't need air conditioning because it's just the end of May, beginning of June. It's not that hot. You don't even need air conditioning until it's like July. Well, we've been living in the Phoenix area, you know, for four years at this point or three years at that point, I think. And we're kind of getting used to this dry heat. So we get up to Minnesota where I'm from, but you forget, you forget what humidity feels like. And so when it's 95 with like 95% humidity, we were just like soaked. <laughs> like just, I mean, the, the air was so thick with humidity and it was literally miserable. My sister was renting the house with us and they went and got a hotel the next night. They're like, we can't do that. <laughs> Um, and so, but I, I teach English, um, as a second language to a lot of kids over usually in like China. Um, some are in other countries, Japan and, you know, or they're living, um, around the world, but their main language, what might've been Mandarin. So I, um, I was working as I was traveling and that's the first thing you do is you start like eyeballing the whole place and like figuring out where there's lamps. Cause for me, I'm also on camera. So I'm finding lamps. I, I took like a, a little, oh gosh, what was it? It was like a little vanity, like an antique vanity. And I'm like, okay, that's going to be my desk. I'll just sit on the floor or whatever. So what do you do? Do you like, do most of them come equipped with like business? Oh, the Wi-Fi was terrible. Um, it was my, my hotspot was much better. It was the worst Wi-Fi I've ever experienced. It was about as good as dial up. So do you do you have to screen for places that have excellent like even Ethernet connection or? Yeah, I mean well, the great thing about Airbnb, the app is you can literally screen for whatever you want, and they have like the the plus uh, also, so you can always have the the highest highest end, and you know if you get a plus or if you kind of filter out, you can see wh who's who and what's what on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So you just find really nice plush places, and you're going to get everything you want. So you're going to get. Plenty of places if you need to be on camera, you know, plenty of nooks or angles or views or lighting, you're going to find it because there, there's so many, there's many rooms, there's many, it's big, you know, and there's common areas too you can utilize as well downstairs or, um, and then uh, you can always ask, just ask your Airbnb host, hey, what's, the, how fast is the Wi-Fi? But I've yeah. never had any, I've never had any issues. Um, so you've never been surprised? You've never like walked in and been like, oh. Oh yeah, I definitely have and I leave. <laughs> okay. Um, I, w I was, what was this about? This is right before COVID. So this must have been, I don't know, February. We were in Thailand and we had an Airbnb, I think for a week in 
maybe it was Koh Samui. I can't remember which island, but we get there and the Wi-Fi was in spotty in and out. And then there was construction across the street. It was like loud as hell. And oh so boy. I hit up the Airbnb host and said, this is unacceptable. And so they refunded us and we um, got to a much better Airbnb the next day. So. Wow. So do you just like basically do your Airbnb search based off of the filter, like just looking for the best deal or the best uh, quality plus plus? Uh, Both. (laughs) I usually start with the best quality and then I start negotiating. So negotiating um, with your partner or negotiating with the host? (laughs) Oh, with the host, with the host. Okay. Oh, we're on the same team as far as we we want the best deal with the best quality. So Yeah. yeah, we just, from that point, like you find the best place. And then you start negotiating from there because well, we're during a pandemic, so I have a lot of leverage. Um, yeah. But even normally, like, there's not a lot of people going for months and months at a time. And mm-hmm. if I they can get it filled up for a whole month versus them getting, you know, three weekends, it yeah. makes more sense for them to. And they can look at my track record on Airbnb to see, oh, this guy's traveled all over the world. He has five star ratings. He's not going to trash the place or whatever. So, um, yeah. So I that's don't what really I, think I would I normally realize that they were negotiable. Everything's negotiable. everything so um yeah so that's kind of my methodology when it comes to trying to to find best places on airbnb so we have three little children um well the oldest is nine and the youngest is five but we've kind of been in that like parenting small children stage for the last you know bit better part of 10 years and my husband has never left the country i did a lot of traveling when i was younger like from my teens into my 20s. Um, and then we got married in our early 30s. So we've never lived this life together. Like even just tra- traveling in the States to go on a family vacation, our destination is almost always family because we live in Arizona. Our family is in Minnesota and his family is in Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, and everywhere. Um, so basically, if we ever have a chance where we can both get away at the same time, of the time is going to be to go see, you know, his parents or my parents or, you know, brothers and sisters or something like that. So I'm, I may even try and I just like imagine what that would be like to have that freedom where it could be like, what country do you want to go to next? Like, do you guys just like look at a map and be like, well, we haven't been here. Or do you like look for the coolest, like highest rated Airbnbs and then just follow that? So I do two methods on Airbnb. I'll zoom out to the whole world. And I'll have my criteria into my search and it will Uh show me what pops up all over the world. And I'll decide I find the best places and then start the negotiation from there. Or sometimes the best places are already heavily discounted. It's like what we, what we pay in the States is crazy versus like what you can get in some of these countries that are 10 times better. And so um, I'll, I'll do that. And so maybe it's, so say I'm in Thailand right now and I have to, I find somewhere in say Canada. It's like, okay, that's kind of a far trek. So I usually will, I'll, I'll pin it and save it for when I'm in that general vicinity, you know, maybe I'm okay. in Oregon or something. So I'll always have that location and that particular Airbnb to reference, but I'll usually look within my region. Like right now I'm in Southeast Asia, Asia. So mm-hmm. I'll probably look within Southeast Asia for other Airbnbs that we could go to, to maybe a place I haven't been before that pops up on my radar. So I usually do it regionally from where I'm at. And as I bounce mm-hmm. around from region to region, I look at the next region in my vicinity. I like it. That's good. So what is it like to work when you're traveling? Uh, do you usually take a few days off in between or do you just get right back to it? Like, do you ever stop or do you take a week off in between like, each major region that you go from? Um, 
I don't know what you mean by stop. I guess, I guess I never stop, but I don't, <laughs> I don't see it as work, I guess you'd say. So it's like, um, I don't know. I don't, it's not like I'm on, I'm, it, I work for myself. So it's not like there's a, a clock I have to follow or punch a, right. you know, a time stamp or anything. It's just like, if there's things I need to work on, then I work on them. And then I go back to my, my fun, like, or go back to chilling or whatever it was, go back to playing tennis. But it's like maybe an hour or two a day. It's nothing extraordinary. So, um, I never stops basically. Um, and you just, you just say you only to... work for an hour or two a day. Yeah. Tell us more about how that works. Cause I think there's a lot of people in this world. I've been hourly almost my entire working life. Um, I've gone from like literally an hourly employee job to making my own hours as an independent contractor. And right now I'm dabbling in both. I'm like half in and half out, you know, starting a company, um, haven't exactly monetized it to the degree that I'd like to. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of things that I need to do in order for it to be like sustainable. Uh, so I still am like teaching in the middle of the night. You know, I wake up in the morning to like get a couple of hours of teaching. And so um, when I'm teaching for these companies in China or whatever, they're not very understanding when you need to cancel. Like, so you need to plan what you open around if you're going to be traveling and you if you open something and then they fill it up with students and your travel plans have changed people are teaching out of airports you know or like in hotel bathrooms yeah i mean just people have done everything um just to keep the hour so you don't lose that you know relationship with the company that you have they're not always like i said very forgiving when it comes to that sort of thing so i can't exactly um imagine what it's like to have that much flexibility because i'm not there yet <laughs> Yeah. My, I mean, my number one thing in life is freedom. And so I've built and designed and engineered my life to make sure I obtain that. And so I have to structure my day. So I'm the one in control and my clients are not. <laughs> and so I'm not like always available. Um, and the reason why is I don't want to be controlled because I like my freedom, but also I have to structure my day because I travel around the world. So there's yeah. only certain windows that are actually feasible for me to work. I'm not going to work, wake up in the middle of the night to work. That's just, right? my, my, it's not worth it to me. So Which I I've structure, done for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, it's like, okay, I can return emails and calls during this window. And it's usually right now in the morning, like from seven to nine. And that's the only right. time I work because back home, it's like 4 PM. So You're people, catching I work people with, at the end of the work day. So they know, oh, I haven't heard from Jermaine all day. Well, he always returns my call or email at four o'clock. I'll just mm -hmm. be patient. So you almost train people to work on your schedule versus me trying to cater to them. It's just the way, it's the way my personality works. So, um, so that's kind of how I structured it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause I could, I could never be an hourly employee because, or even an hourly anything, because then I'm, I'm trading my time for money and life's too short. Life's too beautiful for me to explore, to, to, to experience for me to be trading my time for money. So I've always knew that I had to structure it. So, uh, I was paid com like commission. So if I work mm -hmm. 10 minutes or I work 10 hours, it doesn't matter whatever it takes to get the job done. But, um, yeah. And obviously it must be paying the bills. You know, you have found something that's working for you. Are you also paying for a place back home or are you, have you guys put everything into storage or just gotten rid of everything and hit the road? 
yeah, so we got rid of everything, sold our houses, sold our, uh, returned our cars that are on lease. Um, we don't really have a storage. I mean, I have an office back home. Um, and, uh, I have a very, I think a five by five storage, there's really nothing in it. Um, yeah. So most wow. stuff's gone. Most stuff's gone. Um, and life is so much better <laughs> that way. Cause you, you'd be surprised how much stuff's going on in the background in your mind, thinking about all the stuff you have and, oh, you got to update this or get this insurance policy on this or da, 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 you know, it's always something. But when that's all gone, it's just like, you're kind of just free just to, just to be. Right. Uh, do you guys rent cars or do you just live where you can walk everywhere when you're out and about? So just um, walk or uh, uh, Uber or out here it's called Grab, but same company. Mm -hmm. Public transport. No, not really. We we tried that before in South Central America, like the whole chicken bus thing. Like I said, we're too fancy for that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out. We were like we were stuck on like a roadblock for like some there was some protest about the president or something for like four hours. It was miserable. Ooh. No, it was so I was like, now nah, we're just gonna fly going forward. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so this Let's we just take Ubers. Ubers Let's everywhere. talk a little bit about family. I was just talking about my family and how we travel to see them. What about you guys? Do you have family that are like, come home, come celebrate with us? Or what is your family life like? Yeah, so our family still lives in Arizona. Um, and no, they're not really. I mean, people were scared when, when COVID happened. They were like, you guys better come home. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get home. You're going to be stuck over there. And I know Americans. And I was thinking <laughs> to myself, you guys are going to lose your when you can't go to Starbucks, when you have to wear masks, when you your your freedom's constricted, because we've seen it happen over here. In yeah. Asia, people are used to wearing masks. They've been wearing masks yeah. for decades. And right. so they don't panic. And there's more of a communal environment over here. So there's no individuals. So I knew them saying, you're, it's going to be worse over there. You should come home to America. I'm like, man, you guys don't know what you're talking about. So I thought that was funny. But uh, yeah, so they wanted us It'll to come home fine. at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it was more of a fear of the whole COVID thing. But um, but, uh, yeah, so we, when we get home, we get home. I don't know when that'll be. Um, and then when we get home, then we'll see you, but like, you know, everyone has to live their life. And we, to me, proximity is interesting because I can feel like I'm with people even without me physically being there with them. Um, cause yeah. me me that memories are very important. So I always kind of lean on like memories and ideas and things I've learned from people. And it almost makes the, the relationship more rich when you have that separation because you almost give you time to reflect on how these people and individuals have impacted your life when you have separation mm -hmm. from them. And you actually can process it better than actually them being in your life like day in and day out or week in and week out because you almost take them for granted and you forget about these little nuanced things they taught you that you never realized until they were missing. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, to a certain degree, yeah, or just more clear. Interesting. We've yeah. actually found, um, well, my relationship with my family is a little unique. I come from a very large family, um, but we I've lived away from Minnesota, where they all are. I have one sister in Atlanta, and then everyone else, literally everyone else, is in Minnesota. And we'll go six months and sometimes 18 months before we see them again. You know, just because sometimes travel is expensive and we've got little ones or we're working. Um, when the pandemic hit, uh, we started a thing like we have never done this, you know, for these last 10 years that I've been away from Minnesota. But we started doing Zoom 
Uh, my mom has never been really great with video chat and she misses, you know, the grandkids. And now we're like, you know, we're probably not going to come home for Christmas. I have a brother and a sister who are each having a baby and it breaks my heart, but I'm not sure how long it's going to be before I get to see them. But we are every single week on Zoom, which is new. Um, and, you know, not everyone logs in every week. I, I start the meeting every week. Sometimes I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> and they love me, thankfully. Um, but I've seen more of my family in the last six months than I have seen them in the last 10 years, literally. And it's kind of great. And yeah, I have yeah. one brother who won't come on. He's like, yeah, I, I don't like to do, you know, online stuff. And I'm thinking, I'm getting to know the rest of my brothers and sisters better now than I had before. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, it's obviously different when you have kids, I think, too. Because, you know, the, the, they, the grandparents want to see the kids quite a bit. So it adds a different dynamic. So I don't have any kids. So that might play somewhat of a role as far as like I'm not doing Zooms all the time or anything like that. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's awesome. Technology is, it, it can be used for good or it can be used for ill. It just depends on what side of the fence you want to be on. That is true. Uh, so how do you use technology um, for your communication as you're trying to land these, you know, deals or create these connections for people who are needing their financing? Are you on the phone? Are you um, on Zoom? How do you do it? So I really don't do Zoom um, for business stuff. I'll, I'll use phone calls, um, email and LinkedIn. And mm -hmm. LinkedIn's is so great because you can be very strategic and pinpoint people because you know exactly right? what they do. And so I can find, you know, guys that and girls that sell ultrasound machines and contact them directly and say, hey, do your doctors need financing for your machines that cost 50 grand? I'm like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. we do. That make it easier to sell. Great. Let's team up. So um, it so LinkedIn really email and it's phone calls. Um, so that most filter of system. Yeah, the filter system. You filter yeah, looking for people. Yeah, for sure. It's just um, the easy way to do it. Otherwise, like I used to back in the day, I was making 300 cold calls a day. So I would, you know, just beat my head against the wall because I was getting rejected 295 times um, and I'd get a few yeses, but it just wasn't efficient. It wasn't a good use of my time. And like I was saying, I was exchanging my time for money. So now I leverage my time for money. That's when you were an employee? Yes. Or on commission? Yes, exactly. But their and methods, figured, not yours? Their methods, yeah. <laughs> I found much better methods. <laughs> Do you want to tell any secrets? I Not necessarily for finance, but just for selling. Um, That's not something I feel like I'm a very strong person in. It's not yeah, a I, skill I'm very strong in. Yeah, I think the smartest thing to do is, um, it, it kind of, a, it's a universal law, really. It's, it's leverage other people's networks, I guess you'd say. Like, if, if I meet you, if, I'm, if you like me and we're, we click, then hopefully just my energy alone will help you spread my name to other people you know. Instead of me trying to go to every individual person you know, I just hope that you're gonna spread my message for me. And so mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of a universal thing. Like even if you're like a, at a grocery store, if you're interacting with people with like energy and like passion and like, you know, if you're just asking like, where's the bread at? And other people are watching you, they're seeing, oh, this person, he or she has like, there's something about this person. And it just gravitates more people to you. So it's no different in business. Like if you if you bring the right energy, you're just going to get business. If you're scared, you're not going to get business. It's just kind of like, it's just the law of nature. What do you think you learned from making those 300 calls a day? Um, that 99% that of people are cool. They're friendly. 
they're nice, they're um, cordial, they're welcoming. Um, and the ones that aren't, they just need a hug. <laughs> they're just in pain. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. That, that's what I learned though. Like everybody's cool. Like my, my preconceived notion was that, you know, everybody was going to be bitter or upset or not like me or whatever. And it's just not true. So when I, now I come into the world with that kind of um, mindset, I get good results because I, I expect people to uh, like me, to um, welcome me, to be friendly, to um, accept me. Were you calling businesses or were you calling individuals? Both. Um, yeah. I was calling. So, I, so for example, if I was in the medical industry, I would call 300 doctors a day trying to talk to the doctor. Um, mm -hmm. but now I, and I was just... a secretary and I was the person who would stop you from talking to the doctor. So I've been on that side too. Yeah. And there's a lot, they're trying to stop pretty hard. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that, that kind of goes like what I was talking about earlier. Like when you bring good energy, you can get past some of the, the secretaries and the gatekeepers. Cause they're like, this, this person's not hit me with a shtick or a script. He's just mm -hmm. being authentically, he thinks he can help the doctor. So I'll take yeah. the message or I'll get him through or, you know, you're going to work a little bit harder because he's like, you can, you can just sense it. Right. And so, um, yeah. So, so the difference is now I call the people that sell the equipment or exclusively. Okay. I don't call okay. any of the people that would actually buy it or use it ah. just the sellers. Cause then they're getting me into their network. So I do, I do a fraction of the work. Wow. That's smart. <laughs> they do the work for me basically. Well, where can people find you? So uh, they can find us at creatorslearn.com. Uh, so what we put together is a course to teach people exactly what we do for our business model. So hopefully they can emulate it and live this type of lifestyle because it's ridiculous. We like we have to share this with other people because it's 2020. People should not be working in cubicles or doing things that they don't want to be doing. And they should make as much money as they want, have as much freedom as they want. So um, we call it creatorslearn.com because we just believe in two types of people. You know, not black and white, not male and female, not American, not Chinese. There's creators and there's victims. That's it. So you get to choose what you want to be. So it's a place for creators that consider themselves creators to go and learn different business models, different business concepts, different mindset ideas, just a, a, a plethora of different things. But, you know, right now, the first program is uh, the business finance blueprint, which is the course that teaches people exactly what we do for a living. And this is this can be applied like you are mostly working with the people who sell the ultrasound machines, but this can be extrapolated to any kind of sales. Uh, it can, or it there be, certain people can, that would benefit more. Well, it would only be for anybody that wants to uh, yeah, have a business of their own, but they doesn't have to be. They don't have to focus on medical. They could focus on, I don't know, construction equipment, or they could focus on video production equipment or restaurant equipment or dental equipment. It doesn't matter what industry you want to focus on. As long as it's in the United States, they can do it. And you don't need any previous like sales experience or finance background. Anybody can do this. It's just a matter of, can you talk to people? And the math is like, if you can do a tip on your waiter's bill and tip them, then you can do this type of math. It's like wow. for children. So it's very simple, but um, nobody knows about it because it's kind of a secret niche industry. Everybody thinks, that people go to the bank to get loans for their businesses, but the banks, we find, we find the deals for the banks. So it's kind of a secret. That's really interesting. So one more time, where will they find you? Creators learn. Creatorslearn.com. Yep. 
and they can sign com. up for, you know, we can uh, sign up for the call and discuss it further and see if they're a good match. And hopefully uh, we can help people. So they can talk with you. So, okay. So we, I am in Arizona. So we connected at 7 a.m. your time, which is 4 p.m. my time, which should be 5 or 6 or 7 o'clock, depending on what time zone you are in the USA. So if you're going to have a call with Jermaine, you can expect it to be after 4 p.m. Without question. <laughs> if you're in the unless, U.S. It, it, yeah, unless if you're, you're in the U.S. Again. Unless I'm in Canada or Mexico or back in the States. But for now, yeah. Do you keep your LinkedIn, like, updated? <laughs> About like where you are or um, the time zones that you're working in, or is it just kind of like email you or message you and find out? Yeah, you'll find out because you'll know about my schedule when I'm available. Okay, got it. All right. Well, what would you like to leave us with today? Do you have any wisdom that you'd like to share with people who might be interested in not just working from home, but maybe working on the road? Um. I guess I would just say, just figure out ways to engineer your life. Even if you are working from home or on the road, figure out ways to engineer your life so you're in control and you're not um, controlled by your customers or your boss or your um, circumstances. Like take ownership for where you're at and where you want to go and then make decisions based on that. Um, There's just nothing worse than someone that's just like, well, I can't do this because... Just go do it. Make it happen. Um, life's too short. It's too beautiful to miss out on all this cool stuff. So just do that. It sounds a little bit like some of the things I read the Tim Ferriss book, The 4-Hour Workweek, years ago. Um, I think not too long after it came out. Do you have anything that you have like consumed or read or watched or heard that has helped you embrace this lifestyle or this way of thinking about your freedom and your control of your own life and time. Yeah. I mean, that's a great book that definitely played a huge influence on thinking about how I could structure and engineer my, my environment. Um, Tony Robbins awaken the giant within was a great one. Cause it's all mindset. This is all, it's all comes down to what's going on within your head. Um, mm-hmm. and a great, a great business book. I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, we're a little too scattered. We don't know we're doing too much stuff. And so it's the um, Gary Keller book called The One Thing. Um, And he's Keller Keller Williams Realty. Um, And his whole philosophy is focus on one thing. Like whatever you're doing, just do the one thing to the best of your ability. And don't get uh, fragmented in doing multiple stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's in a relationship or if it's a business or whatever it is, stay very, very focused. And I can, I can contribute a lot of my success to being very focused to my one thing, which is equipment financing. I've been doing it for 18 years because I didn't get fragmented trying to do real estate or trying to do, uh, you know, working capital or trying to do whatever stock trading courses. I've always only done equipment financing. And so now I use that leverage and that knowledge and that expertise to give me all the freedom and income I wanted. So that's kind of the premise of his book. Kind of narrowing down things to like a niche. To a niche, exactly. And sticking to um, it. I'm trying to think if I own that book. I bought a few books that were more about like time management because that's not my strong suit. <laughs> um, and I guess sometimes people think, you know, day by day, like I need to focus on my one thing for the day and I need to get that one thing done. Is that where you're going to or is it more just focus hard on the financing for medical equipment? Yeah, I'm talking about the the macro, the the financing for medical equipment, the big macro. Okay. That's my one uh-huh. thing. So if everything I'm doing within this single moment 
is not getting me further within that macro picture of equipment financing, then I'm getting mm -hmm. distracted. You know, if I'm, I'm looking at YouTube videos about which is the best stock to pick, then I'm getting distracted from my one thing, which would be equipment financing. So oh. luckily at this point, I have enough free time. I can, I can focus on a lot of different stuff. But when you're mm -hmm. first starting out, you have to be very, very disciplined on what you're focusing on because then you can leverage that and then you can open up your day to, you know, maybe you're spending eight hours a day or 12 hours a day on this one thing. But after you do that for a while, then you're only spending half an hour, an hour a day on that one thing. And now you can focus on some other one thing. And you can have mm -hmm. multiple one things in different genres of your life. You know, right. maybe if it's your, in your relationship, maybe you're focused only on is, I don't know, massages, give you massages to your partner. That's your one thing. That's how you create intimacy. I mean, whatever it is, you can figure it out, but um, it, it just makes, and I think that would take care of the time management issue too, because now you're focused. Time management is about being um, distracted. It's funny that you mentioned the massage thing because just a couple of months ago, it's not so much creating intimacy, but I have had like some literal, like painful parts in my shoulders and like my calves and things like that. And so we have been going to YouTube and been like, <laughs> watch the massage therapist like training videos and just massage that one part. <laughs> and it definitely does create, you know, um, a strong relationship because I'm thankful, very grateful for that help, you know, to get me to my next like professional massage, um, which don't come often enough. <laughs> um, how does being on a podcast uh, contribute you or drive you towards your one thing? Or is this one of those other things that you have time for now? Well, right now, my one thing is the creators learn and the course. So okay, yep. um, this, this definitely helps because, um, well, the, actually, this is I guess my one thing is kind of more, um, this is an interesting question. Um, now I'm thinking about it. It's more, um, I think a lot of the whole podcasting thing is almost, uh, therapeutic to a certain degree because I'm already going to talk about these things inside my head anyways. So mm -hmm. now I'm just, I'm just vocally expressing them. So it's almost like a, an out loud journal for me to have these conversations with you because, um, it allows me to express my thoughts and ideas to other people, hear their thoughts and ideas. And then in the same breath, I can introduce them to this program in this course that kind of shares some of my thoughts and ideas about how I built this life and give them an opportunity to emulate it. So my one thing is the course, but also the way my method with the podcasting is kind of a therapeutic way for me to already do what I'm doing, but have it help more than just myself. Right. Has the course launched yet or has it launched before or is this going to be the first go at it? So it, we do have some students in it, but we're capping this first initial class um, so we can make sure it's structured perfectly. They're going to have a lot of hands-on um, guidance from us, um, both, mm -hmm. both of us. So we, we want to make sure it's just, it's just we're giving everybody everything they need to be successful. And so um, it's the, the first class is filling up, but once that's filled full, then we'll stop it and then we'll probably reintroduce it at a later date. But um, it's, I guess you would consider it the first major class. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, what do they, they call that something? Founders, like the founders, <laughs> I don't know, the initial group. Yeah. We call it the inner circle because it's just a yes. small bubble of people. There's no riffraff out there. It's just people that really want to be serious about living this type of life. And then what format is your course? Because I know there are a lot of different ways that people do things. I'm looking at probably building a course in the next few weeks as well. But, you know, are you dripping things out? Do they, are you doing lives? Are you, what format is it? 
Yeah. So I think it's like 10 or 12 modules that go through every aspect of the business crossing every T dot and every I. And then there's, um, so there's video, it's video tutorials. So it's video courses. Um, and then there's, um, exercises they can do. There's weekly live calls where it's Q and A for any questions they have. Um, so that's my expertise is not on the, that part of it per se. Um, I didn't, she, she really handles a lot of that part of it. Um, as far as how it's structured, um, I'm more of the, I guess the talking head because <laughs> uh -huh. I kind of I know the sales part of it and like the, okay. the, the bigger picture of it. Um, but yeah, that's the, the basic premise of it is the live calls, the video tutorials and the exercises. And I think it's like 12 weeks, but it's, I think it's, I think we're doing it at do it your own pace. If you want to do it, okay. knock it all out. If you're like really motivated then great, if you want to take it step by step, you can do it that way too. So. Um, we have it kind of catered to everybody. Excellent. So one more time, where do we find you? CreatorsLearn.com so they can get all the information there. Great. Thank you so much, Jermaine. It's been a great time talking with you and hearing about your journey, adventures, and some really good ideas. I will be looking that up and I, I hope we can chat again sometime soon. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, this is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home. And today I had Jermaine Cheatham. And we're both from Arizona, but he is out in Malaysia right now. <laughs> All right. Take care, Jermaine. See you next right. time. Thanks. Bye.